Amen. God is good. Now, oh, that was pretty weak. I know we're Southern Baptists. God is good. All the time. Amen. We are here this morning to lift up the name of Jesus. And, uh, you know, we're, he's still that same God, isn't he? He hasn't ever changed my whole life. There's been a lot of stuff changed in this world, but who God is, is never, he's never changed. And truly the verse, you know, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That has, that has never changed. It's always true. And we are continuing in this study here in the book of Acts this morning. And I want you to turn to Acts chapter 5. That's where we're going to be out of. And last week we talked about the sacredness of the calling the sacredness of the gospel, the sacredness of what it means to follow Jesus. Because I, I believe that a lot of people are changed, or a lot of people know the, the truth, a lot of people feel pews, but they're not, they're not holding what God has done for us in a very sacred manner. They, they kind of look at it as a fast food type thing. But really what the Lord is calling us to is for a, a deeper love. If He's the same forever, then, then we can surely trust Him today. Amen. It's 2022, almost 2023. How crazy it is that this year has gone by so fast, but God is still the same God. As we're reading through this chapter this morning, this passage starting with verse 12, I want us to be thinking, God, would you speak to my heart today? Would you empower me by your Holy Spirit so that you may be glorified? Acts chapter 5, starting with verse 12. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico, and none of the rest of them dared to join them. But the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits. And they were all healed. She bow with me? Lord, we love you. As we're reading through this passage, Lord, I, I pray that it's more than just, uh, uh, Lord, just something we do at the beginning of a sermon. It's not, it's not just a, a, a religious thing we're doing here. Lord, this is us feeding on your word. It, this is us, Lord, being a, a people who need food and nourishment today. And it's more than, than physical nourishment. Lord, it's spiritual nurse, nourishment for our souls. And, and Lord, we hear your message today. We invite your Holy Spirit to speak to us in big ways, to move in us, to empower us, so that we can bring you glory, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being the same God. Thank you for consistently being there for us and with us. God, I pray that as the church here in McLeod, Lord, that we would be guilty of, of, of going from this place and telling others of your goodness, that we would be guilty of living truly by the power of the Holy Spirit. In your most holy name, amen. There's a sacredness to the gospel. It's not just a message that is out there. I think sometimes we forget just exactly what it means to be saved. Think about this for a moment. There was a time in your life that you didn't know Jesus. And if you would have died during that time, what would have happened? Been a pretty picture? Would it have been something lovely? It would not have been. 
You know, I, I look at the book of Revelation, and for me as a believer, I, I like the book of Revelation because it's like good news for me, right? I tell people, if you were to write a synopsis on what Revelation is about, it's like, all right, uh, this is a message from Jesus, right? And you guys better get your stuff together because here's what's going to happen, and Jesus wins. That's the book of Revelation. We can, we can argue eschatology all day long, but when we get into the message here, it's all about reconciliation through the work of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's a, a beautiful thing, and we, we need to realize that today. We need to be thinking about it in that way. And if the gospel is pretty for you, don't you think it's pretty for your neighbors? Don't you think it's wonderful for those in our community who don't know Jesus? And here we see the church. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Acts is all about, this is how God worked in that first group of believers. This is why God did. And I can't look at the book of Acts and kind of be like, well, that was then, and so God doesn't work within us now, because I know it's not true, don't you? God still works among his people. God still does an amazing thing. There's, it's, it's awesome, you know, whether he works through a you know, church at the lake or a flower war, which is, by the way, this has been a really busy week for, for those of us who were kind of getting stuff around. But how good is it to see God move among his people? You know, how, how good is it that, you know, I, I was just thinking about this. There were some 75 youth students here the other nights, not counting the CAs. I don't know how many they had because I was covered in flour and I couldn't really count. But I had people who were able to count. I had people who were able to look. But, and I, and I, I was out there and I looked and there was like this uh, cloud of witnesses is what I wanted to call them, right? There was this cloud of witnesses that were on the outskirts of the battlefield. And some of y'all probably got it and you didn't want flour on you, but you got it anyways because it was like 500 pounds of flour. But, but I was looking and I, I was seeing these people who were watching and, and I saw the kids, they noticed you there. That what these kids need, and, and I, I think it's true. There's, there's a lot of times people just want to talk bad about youth, right? Well, they're, they're this, they're that, they're the other. What I've found in my years in youth ministries, this very fact, is that I think that young people, and I think it transposes over to all people, honestly. I think people are looking for genuineness. They're looking for real things. They're, they're looking for someone to, to be genuine with them, and they want a respectful, a respectful relationship. My heart broke a few weeks ago when I, we had one young lady, she came come up to us and she thanked us for loving her. And the last part of her, her little phrase to us, she said, I'm not used to men being nice to me. That has profoundly affected me. Because I think a lot of times we come before ministry and it's kind of like, oh man, it's Wednesday night, I got to go to church, right? I got so much else going on, Lord. It's Sunday morning, can I just sleep in? Maybe I'll just have another cup of coffee. We have forgotten this, the sacredness of the gospel. Because here's the truth of the matter. That one story, that one sentence that young lady spoke to me has impacted me to look at our community and say, how many people are saying the same thing? We're not used to churches loving us. I'm not used to Christians being nice to me. Because here's the thing, I believe the Holy Spirit does something profound in, in, our, in believers. And, and I'm not one that's going to say, hey, let's soften our message, let's pull back on you know, the message of sin. And I'll never say that. Sin is sin. Let the church say amen. There's a right way and a wrong way to live your life. And there is only one way to heaven, and it's Jesus. But our approach, 
I believe, needs to be fueled by the Holy Spirit. And there's something the Holy Spirit does within us that's more than just speaking in tongues and dancing around, which, by the way, I've got brothers and sisters in Christ who think that's what the Holy Spirit does. Last time I read the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit was calling people to repentance. And the Holy Spirit was empowering people to go and to proclaim the gospel. And that's that's where we're at today. When we're reading through the book of Acts, understand that there were many signs, there were many wonders that were done on the daily. And it wasn't because Peter was awesome. I mean, you remember who Peter was, right? He was quick to draw a sword and cut people's ears off. I mentioned a few weeks ago, if you guys had heard, like, when I applied or when y'all were looking through my resume or whatever, and you saw that, well, in 2017, he cut one of his deacon's ears off, right? You guys are probably going to think twice about me. But the thing about it is, is that the Lord was able to take Peter and use him in mighty ways. And it wasn't because Peter was awesome. It's because the Holy Spirit is powerful. And church, if I was to say something today, don't forget that you have a power source. And the Holy Spirit is not there just to make you look religious or to help you to, you know, to look more Baptist or whatever. The Holy Spirit is there so that you are able to bring glory to God. And what is God's glory? God's glory is that people would know him. God's work is a work of redemption. And everything we do, I, I've, I've had to learn this over the years. I, it's, it's not Daniel's words that save people. Amen? It's not my words. I get up here and, I, and there's a holiness to preaching. I get that. But it's the Holy Spirit right now that's speaking to hearts. It's the Holy Spirit that's trying to speak to your mind right now and say, you know, this is the truth. This is what Scripture says. It's the Holy Spirit that's, that's screaming over the, your, your hunger pangs, right? <laughs> or, or the thought that, well, this is all I've got to do this week. And so you're thinking about that instead of thinking about this. The Holy Spirit is beckoning for us to listen today. And, and there's, there's a side effect that happens from that. I believe God is glorified. Looking through this passage, I, I see three points. I'm a good Baptist, so we're going to have three points. But I want to say this. The first point Without it, the next two points don't exist, okay? So as we're going into this, I want to just preface it with that. This first point is the main point. The next two points would not happen without point one. The first point I would say is that believers have power. Everybody say power. power. Do you know what it's like when your phone's about to die? And you know it, it's like at 1% and it's flashing at you and you're trying to get it plugged in. And, and sometimes if your phone's like mine, sometimes... I have to hold my head just right for it to work. You know, it's got that little thing going on with it. Um, but when it is powered, you're just kind of like, oh, yes, I'm not going to miss another, another Facebook post. You know, it's all going to be good. The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. You know, we're, we're saying those kinds of things. But when you are able to power something, right, it, there's, there's a piece in that. When your electricity goes off at your house, but then it comes back on, you're like, everybody says what? Yay, right? I mean, I don't care how old you are or how mature you are. You say yay. The electricity is back on, right? And I want you guys to understand something, that as Christians, I'm saying this, believers have power, but it's not your power, okay? It's not your power. I think there's, there's a point that we realize that even in our maturity and our faith, we're still nothing without God. I think you have to get to that point. I, I told you guys a few weeks ago, I think sometimes we just pray the wrong prayers, right? 
And, and I think God hears every prayer, but I think if we're going to be intentional in our prayers, a lot of times we're just praying, God, give me strength, right? God, give me strength. <laughs> Honestly, God, I want more of you within me. God, let the, the Holy Spirit be there more than ever. Let the Holy Spirit be the one that empowers me. It's not about us becoming a, a spiritual Samson. It's about you and I today as believers in Jesus Christ, understanding that we have power, but that power is the Holy Spirit. It's not us. And again, these next two points I'm going to make here in just a moment, just understand this. It doesn't happen if this first point doesn't exist. The life of a believer is impossible without the work of the Holy Spirit. And you realize, of course, that you would have never been saved if the Holy Spirit wouldn't have called you, right? I know. I mean, I can remember when I was saved. It was at a church camp at Robert's Cave. Group camp number one. Brother Sid Tiffin was preaching. Brother Fred McKee was singing the old working cross. I made it to verse two and I had to hit the altars, you know? Like, I can remember that. I can remember when I gave my life to the Lord. I can remember that, that the Lord spoke to my heart in such a way Honestly, I don't remember what Brother Sid was preaching about. I don't. I remember the music because I have a weird music mind and I remember everything music. You know, I can pinpoint dates with songs and it's just that's, I've got this weird like talent. Like it's pointless, but it exists, right? But looking back, it was the Holy Spirit that had to speak to a nine, almost 10 year old boy. Because there's no way that Brother Sid clearly broke it all down. <laughs> it had to be the Holy Spirit explaining and speaking to my heart. And, and beyond that, not just the knowledge, but like this idea. Guys, understand when I was nine years old, I was really saved, right? Like I know that at that point I was saved. I was never the same after that. I was, I was completely changed. I was a new creature in Christ. I know at the age of nine, some people say, well, kids don't get saved. Okay. All right there. But it was the Holy Spirit that did the work. It's the Holy Spirit that's calling all people to him. And if you're today, if, if God, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, and you're sitting there saying, well, I want to try to understand what Daniel's saying, that's great. But if you're really wanting to know, maybe you're a believer today and you're wanting a closer walk with Jesus, your prayer really should be, God, let your spirit speak to me. Speak to me, Lord. Because the church, I understand the church wasn't doing ministry and it was, it was sometimes good. It says that it was a regular thing, right? Like they were, they were having church at the lake all the time. It says that they came together and broke bread, right? They came together, they broke bread, they worshiped. We know that that's how the early church worked. Last Sunday night was, was to me, I'm like, this is, this is like what it was really like. It's not a bunch of people coming together and sitting on a pew and stand up, sit down, stand up. You know, that's not what worship was. It was a bunch of people coming together and, and focusing on Jesus. Having that time of, of connection with other believers. Having a time where the Holy Spirit is in control. That's what it was about. Without the Holy Spirit, we're nothing, church. I, I want us to, to, to grasp that vision as we go into year two with this crazy guy. You know, I want us to think about how do we go into the next phase? What's our next step? What are we going to do now? You know, I mean, I was reminded the other night, 75 kids, and I understand we didn't do anything to get them here except buy flour, okay? That's all I did. I was really hoping that uh, Shawnee Mills would donate it to us, but they didn't, but that's okay. 
Buy Shawnee Mills. It's, it's cool. But, but I thought as we continue, you know, that's just like a taste, of, I think, of what God wants to do here. Don't you? I mean, and if you don't, I want you to stay with me, okay? If you think, well, if we can kind of get 60 people here on a Sunday morning or 70 people or 80 people or 100 or 150 people and we reach that point and then we're good, I don't want us to think like that, okay? I remember when I was at Purim, we were bringing in all kinds of youth just like this and I had some people freak out and they said, well, how many of these kids are we going to feed? That was the question that was posed to me at a business meeting. So don't ask that business meeting question today because I'm prepared, right? I'm going to tell you, we're going to feed all of them. Well, how, how are we going to do that? Do you not believe in a God who's all-powerful? That's one area of our church. I, I mean, I think there's, there's other areas that need to grow in the same way, don't you? You know, I mean, we think about kids, we think about youth. I mean, I, we, we have a huge opportunity to reach families in this community. We have a huge opportunity to reach our, our retired population in our community. I think sometimes we forget them, don't we? We think, well, they need Jesus just as much as anybody needs Jesus. How do we do it? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Being a people who consistently pray, God, would you be ever more present in my life? Would you be that way, God? Would you, would you be the God that does that? Henry Blackaby says, will God ever ask, ask you to do something that you're not able to do? I'm going to ask that question again. Will God ever ask you to do something you're not able to do? Now, don't answer. Stop, stop, pause. Will God ever ask you to do something you're not able to do? I think some of us might say, well, no, because we, we kind of get the, you know, the, the, well, God will never put more on you than you're, you can handle, right? We all stop there. That's, hey, God's not going to give you much more than you can handle. He's going to take care of it, right? But the thing that we must focus on today when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit Will God ask us to do something we're not able to do? Absolutely, he will. Because it's not you that does it, it's him. It's, it's God that does it. The answer is yes, Blackaby goes on. He says all the time. It must be that way. It must be that way. For God's glory and for God's kingdom, if we function according to our ability alone, we get the glory. Man, Think about this for a moment. If we're just doing it by our own power, we get the glory, right? What does that look like? Okay, we could be a church that draws people here, but if we're not making disciples, eternity-wise, none of those people go to heaven. The praise goes to ourselves, and really it's nothing. But if we function according to the power of the Spirit, he goes on, God gets the glory. And God wants to reveal himself to a watching world. Everybody hear that. God wants that. How does he reveal himself to a watching world? Well, one way is he reveals himself by working in us. We're new creatures. Everybody say amen. amen. People ought to know that. They ought to notice that with you. I'm not saying you're a, a hateful old bigot out here stepping on people's heads, okay? Which a lot of times that's what they think, you know, the world thinks a Christian is. Honestly, a Christian is a very loving person who hurts for the world and wants them just to hear the message because they understand that the message will save them and not their works. I can preach till I'm blue in the face, but if I'm just preaching a message of Daniel, it won't do a bit of good. But I find it amazing that sometimes I'll just get up and preach the gospel and someone comes to Jesus. And I'm like, I didn't even work on that, you know? <laughs> like, I didn't study that. I didn't, I didn't look at the Greek on that. 
I didn't get into the Hebrew. Or the, or I didn't do anything. It's just like, it just happens. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. And it reminds me, and I, I want to remind us as a church, as we are going into year two, how do we come, how do we combat, how do we face the changes that are bound to happen if we're following Jesus? It's by the work of the Holy Spirit. Everybody hear that? We should be seeking to have more of the Spirit's power in our life so that God is glorified. Let the church say amen. The second thing I would say, and again, this is all predicated on the facts that we are given access to power. It's not our own. The second thing I would say based on this passage, this example, is that believers are approachable. So we have power. There's the Holy Spirit's there. I don't think we, anybody here can deny that. But we're reminded of it today. And I pray we leave here like focusing on the fact that, you know what? God's spirit is awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, like my brother was up there jamming on the drums. That one, oh, that middle, oh man. I was like, that's good. That was good. I felt the Holy Spirit was probably kind of running through you at that moment. Always, Always right? <laughs> I think that's the point. A lot of us, we, we think, well, God's miracles don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I would like to see God move. I would like to see God's miracles. I would like to see God do great things. Um, I saw a quote this week that kind of resonated with me. That you and I, we're, we have a good God. Would you agree? And he blesses us all the time, right? I think we kind of get numb to the blessings. People say, well, I want to see God do miracles. He's doing them all the time if you just open your eyes, Right? The, the miracles are, are being done all the time. I see miracles that I'm not a part of, and I love that, you know? I see miracles happening that it's God doing it. It's the Holy Spirit. That's, that's a wonderful thing. But what the Holy Spirit does, he's, he empowers us not to just be a people who are standoffish, but he makes us approachable. If you look at this, this passage here, it says that every day they're having all these, these regular miracles, these great things happening. Look at verse 13. None of the rest dared to join them. Okay, these are the unbelievers we're speaking of, right? None of the rest cared to join these people, but the people held them in high esteem. Now, I read through that, and I kind of... I, I, I percolated on it for a few days. Because I'm like, what is that saying? What we're seeing is that the apostles, the church, they were going around, they're doing these miracles. And there were people that saw it. They didn't dare have anything to do with them, right? I'm not, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Baptist. I don't want anything to do with that. But they held them in high esteem anyways. And it tells me that the Peter, that, that the, the, the early church that they were approachable. Even though people may not agreed with them, they, they were felt, I can go talk to them. They, I, I'll listen to them. Even though they were non-repentant in their souls, they still looked at them and said, there's something different about them. Now, I got to be honest with you. I don't think that's because Peter was a handsome man, right? I don't think Peter looked like some televangelist or something like that. I mean, he was a fisherman for crying out loud. He's kind of a rough cob, I imagine even if he was good looking, whatever, you know, but what I'm saying is when we're looking at him, it was like a work of the Holy Spirit through him that people would even say, you know what? I hold that guy in high self-esteem or high esteem. Believers have power, but guys, we're also given the ability because of the Holy Spirit's indwelling in us. It makes us a person that we're approachable. People in McLeod ought to feel like they can approach our church. And not because we sugarcoat, not because we, you know, for instance, I mean, there, there may be a, a, think of a sin. You know, we have all this thing with sexual identity nowadays, right? 
homosexuality, all this stuff that we got, you know, the, the whole LGBTQ, ABCDEFG, whatever it is now, all this stuff that's going on, right? This is, this is like a hot topic. And I don't say that in jest. I'm saying this is what the world's talking about. Like there's a whole thing about like pronouns now, nowadays. I'm not talking about a three-year-old who doesn't understand pronouns because my three-year-old does not understand pronouns at all. I mean, we got a little girl dog. Her name's Lottie Moon. How Baptist are we? We also have an Annie Armstrong too, right? But this is this little dog. My, my son, Jaron, he'll go up to and he's like, oh, he's my girl. And I'm like, no, no, quit saying that. Don't say he's my girl. He's like, well, he is my girl. I'm like, stop, just stop. But we have a world who's just as confused as my three-year-old, Right? They're confused with all of this. I, I, I bring this up because here's the thing. Yeah, I personally have a problem with these kinds of things in the world. Like, I disagree with it. Maybe even, maybe even past even what the Bible says, I disagree with it, right? But the Bible says it's wrong. The Bible says that God created male and female. Male and female, he created them, right? I don't think there's any, like, leeway there. So we have that, that, that statement. But here's what I do believe. Is that the Holy Spirit makes you the type of person that people feel like they can still approach you? Um, I got my, my daughter and my, my son-in-law here this morning. Somebody else too. Y'all know that story, right? <laughs> but, but I know, for instance, we, we knew some people who had some sexual identity crisis in their lives. And, and, and I, but even during that time that they were going through that stuff, they felt like they could still approach us, which is so weird. I look back on it, and I'm like, they still came to church. And it wasn't because I wasn't preaching against it, because I do. The Holy Spirit makes us approachable, because here's the thing. It's the Holy Spirit, and only the Holy Spirit that can, that can talk to the hearts. And if you and I are powered by the Holy Spirit, I believe it makes us approachable, because that's the message that people need to hear. I don't need to get political. I don't need to get all Baptist up in somebody's face, right? I need to preach the gospel. I need to live by the work of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's exactly what needs to happen. And so because we're powered, then we're also able to be approachable to people in our community, in our world. And again, I, I, wanted, I want to stress this. It doesn't mean we don't preach the truth. My heart hurts for people who are lost. I'm not going to say, well, that's, you know, that's a sin for me, but it's not a sin for you. That's a lie from the devil. Sin is sin is sin, but God is good. And so we must trust him. We must turn to him, the author and the finisher of our faith. Again, it's not us that does it. It's the work of God through his Holy Spirit because of the, what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. Jonathan Edwards, I, I've had to spend way more time than I probably wanted to spend on Jonathan Edwards in seminary. But Jonathan Edwards, of course, he was a great revival preacher, right? And his whole like callings is he went around and he preached to people. And sometimes he would go in places and they would say, never come back. <laughs> he would preach and he was like barred from like communities, you know? There's a lot of these pastors, these preachers who went around and preached revival sermons and people said, don't come back. Don't ever come back. And you know what? It wasn't because he was being mean. It's because he preached the truth. Sometimes it's going to happen. But here we are, you know, 300 years, 400 years later, we're, we're still like seeing an approachable person, not because of him, but because of his approachable mes message here, and that's the gospel. But he says this about living by the, the Holy Spirit. In the world, the spirit of bondage works by fear, for the slave fears the rod. In this world, he's saying that people live under the bondage of slavery, really. And that slavery is fear. They're scared to death. They're scared to death. 
But when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit, he says, it appears that the witness of the Spirit that the apostle speaks of, and he's, he's, he's talking about Acts, he's talking about you know, what, what Paul, what John, what all these guys talked about. When the apostle speaks of the Holy Spirit, it's far from being a whisper or an immediate suggestion a revelation. But the gracious, holy effect of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of the saints, the disposition and temper of children appearing in sweet, childlike love to God. Look at this, which casts out fear in the spirit of a slave. In other words, the gospel is something that's, it's a positive message and it's freedom. I really believe this, that most of us who are in the church, we kind of just, we get numb to the fact that we're free. I mean, if you're a believer today, aren't you happy? Do you know because you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, you'll, you're not going to go to hell? You can rest assured in that. Isn't that awesome? You know? It's like, uh, it's like when you go, there was a few times we've been on vacation, and maybe you get like the perks of the place, right? And so it's like, uh, for instance, you go on a, uh, on a cruise. I've got cruise on the mind. I'm ready to go on a cruise again. But you go on a cruise, and it's like all you can eat, right? All you can drink. Hey, if you pass an ice cream machine, you can get a cone anytime. And I did. It's all this stuff for free, but when you get off that ship, it's done, right? It's no more. You can't just walk in Bucky's or Quick Trip and just get you a pop and walk out. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna jump you, right? But when it comes to salvation, it is like that. It's like it never ends. Thanks be to God, right? And that only happens not because we're Baptists, not because I say specific words. It's not because you pray a holy prayer. It's because the Holy Spirit speaks to you, opens your eyes, and you repent and you believe. It's a work of God. Paul even said, I can't even boast about it. If we could boast about it, that means we would have some part in that process. We don't. It's, it's all a work of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit makes us approachable. Why? Because that work of the Holy Spirit was, is within you. I, I believe this, that as we come together as the church, and I told Joni this the other day, I love working with the youth. Man, I just love them. But I told her, I said, all the areas that I'm working in within the church, like I love our Wednesday night Bible. I was like, I love those people. Like every week we get together and we pray. And we look into scripture and we, we try to become better. But, but more than that, there's just a sweet, sweet fellowship among those people. But it's the Holy Spirit that draws us together. It's the Holy Spirit that makes this guy approachable to you. That's why I feel like I can come to anyone in this building and talk to you about ministry or good Goodness, whatever we want to talk about, I can come talk to you. I went to Dolores' house the other day, and she talked to me for a long time, you know? Dolores, Dolores, man, it was wonderful, wasn't it? We joke about that. She, she, she just told me before service, I'm sorry I talked so much. I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, it, that fellowship that we have as believers is so sweet. Like, it's, it's beyond, like, I, I got to see, like, you know, how they live at home and all of that. But, but more than that, we have this connection, and I'm invited into the home because of Jesus. We're approachable to each other. I mean, we're, we have different, different ages. We may have like different, different likes, you know. And, and I think it's the Holy Spirit that does that, that, that makes us approachable. If you want to be more approachable to the people in your life, plug into the Holy Spirit. You guys hearing this, right? This is, this is how this church grows and continues to grow. This is how we continue to do ministry as we have for so long. It's by continually plugging into the work of the Holy Spirit, just like the apostles. They went around, and there was a lot of people that wanted to kill them, but there was a lot of people that said, man, you know what? They're not that bad. 
I don't agree with them, but they're not that bad. How do you think you get in to the life of someone who doesn't agree with you? Someone who's walking in, in open rebellion against God. How do you think you get in with them? By hating them? That's by being approachable. And the only way we can do that, I believe the healthiest way we can do that is by having the Holy Spirit just work through us. It's amazing. I've had people in my life, uh, for instance, I had a phone call yesterday and there was a man that I had uh, helped in a bad situation. Um, this man's probably been three years ago. And his dad showed up. Well, this, this man, he, he passed away this week. And the dad didn't know anybody else to call but me. And I don't even know how you remember my name. Like, you know, I didn't, I, these people never went to church where, where I, I was pastoring at the time. It, they never came to, to anything. I never saw that man again, but he knew Daniel Henson. And he called, right? I don't tell you that story because, man, Daniel Henson's awesome. Because honestly, I had to call people and say, who is this? You know, I like, I didn't remember them. But you know what that person remembered? They remembered they remembered something different there. And understand, I was working as a, as a first responder on this call, but I went into preacher mode, by the way, right? And, and I believe God spoke to this man's heart, and really this, God spoke to this dad's heart, and this dad reached out. And, and I guess my point is, is that the Holy Spirit makes us approachable in ways we can't even, we can't even plan. I could have planned that. As soon as I found out who he was, I was like, oh yeah, I do remember that. But it's the Holy Spirit that does this work. If we're going to be approachable to this community, I want it to be a spirit thing. Everybody say amen. amen. I want it to be the Holy Spirit. I don't want people to come here because we have coffee. <laughs> Which we do. If you bring coffee in the sanctuary, just don't tell anybody, okay? That's, that's our rule here, apparently. I don't want us to be known as the church that, you know, has this type of music or this type of preacher or this, this type of building. I want us to be known as a body of believers who are empowered by the Holy Spirit and we're really, we're really, really, really approachable because of who He is. I pray that we, we decrease so that He can increase. The last thing I would say is because of the power that is available to us, makes us approachable, the last thing I would say is that believers are genuine. If you're from the South, genuine. Believers are genuine, right? We are genuine. <laughs> I want you to think about this for a moment. People can see fakeness from a mile away, can't they? Everybody say, yep. You look on Facebook and you're like, there's no way those people are that happy all the time. There's no way that they're always at the beach. I love those pictures where people like take a picture of themselves and it looks like they're in an airplane, but then when they pan back, you know, it's like them sitting in front of their dryer or something, you know, the little round window in the dryer. That's, that's the life of a lot of people is that they live this fake life on social media. But I want you to understand today is that we must be genuine in everything that we do. You know, our, our house is, yeah, I, I feel like people need to know, like our house is always open to you guys, right? We, we might have a load of laundry on the couch. I'm just letting you know that, okay? I might have a dog come and just lick you to death. But the thing about it is, is I believe God calls us to be genuine. Whatever, whatever it is that you are, like if you're, if you're new in Jesus Christ, be genuine about that, right? Don't, 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 don't come to church and put on this, these, these fake errors are about yourself. I've always tried to be a pastor who was just open about my mistakes. I, I've told people my mistakes. I, 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 had a, I had a mission trip I went on one time, and, you know, like, I, got, I lost my temper. Anybody here ever lose your temper, right? But we were, like, in the middle of nowhere, and I couldn't get fuel at a place because they didn't trust us because we were church people. 
true story. But we're trying to get fuel, and and I got mad, and I it was a it was kind of like I got mad, but it was also an accident. But I go back out to to the car, to the van, the church van, and there's a there's a there's a gas pump there, and I just threw it on the ground and got in the car and walked off, right? Because I was mad. I know, shame on me. I get it. It's terrible. That was, that was a terrible thing to do, especially with like the name of our church on the side of the van, that kind of thing, right? It's terrible. But I, 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 uh, I talk about that mission trip years later, and people were like, hey, you remember that time where Pastor Daniel got mad and he threw the gas pump on the ground? <laughs> That's what they remember. I was like, That's what you remember? Yes, you remember that about me? You don't remember like, like, the, like the hundreds of people that heard the gospel, the ones that were saved? You don't remember feeding the, the poor? You don't remember all that? You know what they remembered was me throwing the, the thing on the ground. But there was a man. He's a man now. He was a boy then. His name is Drake. Some of y'all may know him. But Drake, I remember, he, said, he always said, well, I remember when you threw it on the ground. And I was like, oh, man, that embarrasses me. And he's like, yeah, but you know what? You're real. You, you also apologize to us. And I'll be honest with you, that's not Daniel. Again. I'm giving you guys examples. If, I, if I'm an example, I'm not bragging about myself. I'm bragging about who my God is. Because honestly, I am a hothead sometimes. I'm Irish, right? I'm Irish and Choctaw, and we're always fighting within here. So that's, you just have to understand, okay? That's what we're doing. That's who we are. But I'm also encouraged because didn't God use a guy like Peter? And if we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, it makes us approachable. It also makes us, we, we need to be genuine. And I, I, love, uh, I love the fact that we can be open about that. We should be able to be open about that, our struggles in life. Like, you know, that we ought to be able to talk about that to others. But we don't come across as fake. I mean, the thing is, is we are all sinners. Everybody here has fallen short of God's glory. Amen? Sure. All of us. It's like it's not, we're all coming from the same place. We're all people who need Jesus. But we, I, I do believe this too. We Even if we have a good testimony, I remember when I was, I was growing up, I, I mean, I was saved at nine. I accepted call of ministry at 15. You know, I never was a gangbanger. I didn't go to prison. I never killed anyone. You know what I'm saying? I don't have like, I, there was a point in my life I was like, man, I don't have a good testimony at all. You know, I was raised in a preacher's home and went to Sunday school, had perfect attendance, and accepted the Lord as my Savior, and now here I am. I never went to prison. I never had all these big things happen to me. We don't have to to have all of that. But there's, I think there's, there's something that, that does reach out to us sometimes. Because honestly, there are things in my past that I'm, I'm very much ashamed of. Throwing gas pumps on the ground, for instance, right? I, I, there's things in my life I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I'd been this instead of this. And maybe, maybe in this place today, there's some of y'all that are still living there, Right? Can God use that testimony for his glory? Yeah, he can. But there are some of us in here today who may be living in that past thing. And I want you to understand that's not living by the Holy Spirit's power. Because let the redeemed of the Lord say so, right? Let the redeemed say. We don't live in the past. I mean, now that maybe that's who we were, but we don't, we don't, we're, not, we're not judging ourselves by that. Brittany Manning, I, I, guys, I, I talk about this guy all the time, but he, there was a point in my life when I read his books and it just, he blessed my soul. But Brendan Manning says this, he says, in my experience, self-hatred is the dominant malaise Christians and stifling their growth of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's the dominant thing. People, they spend their time in the past saying, man, I am, I'm a terrible person because I did this. They have self-hatred. And if you're a believer today who's, who has self-hatred, 
And here's what, well, what, Daniel, just let me be in my pity. Here's the thing. If you live in self-pity, if you live in that self-hate, you're never going to walk in freedom. So you have to be powered by the Holy Spirit. You have to say, you know what, God? You have redeemed me. <laughs> you, have, you have saved me. It's you that's done the work. It's not me. Yeah, I have this past, and I give you glory for bringing me from that to this, but I'm not going to live in self-hatred because I, now I'm a new creature in Christ. It's time for the church to rise up and say, God, we are yours. Amen? I love the, the, the scriptures, and we, have, we sing songs, you know, I, I am my beloved and he is mine, right? I mean, we have this, this picture in scripture about how God looks at us and he loves us. If you don't get anything out of this sermon but this, God loves you, right? He loves you so much that he don't want to leave you the way you are. That, that, that we don't have to live in the past, but rather we can know him through the blood of Jesus Christ and we can be empowered in the present to be a person who's approachable, to be a person who's genuine in him, that we just we want to just point to Jesus and point to Jesus alone. Guys, a healthy believer cannot live in the broken past. A healthy believer must live in this new and present future. Our power, our approachableness, our genuineness, and it's Holy Spirit power. Yeah, I, I just feel like we're, we're kind of going through this, this like, uh, uh, this synopsis kind of study on who the Holy Spirit is, right? We're kind of just, we're in uh, these little times that I get with you guys every week, these 40 minutes a week that I get to talk with the group, right? Um, I feel like we're kind of getting this, this picture of who the Holy Spirit is, who the church is. And, and I pray that it's like something you're going home and you're chewing on this a little bit more this week. You're like, God, I do want like miracles happening within the church. You know, is, is that possible? I think it is possible. You know, I, I, people get in, they say, well, that was just a first century thing. That was just because the apostles were, maybe, but, but what I do know is that I believe God can do things even greater than healing. You remember Jesus told his, his uh, disciples, he said, they were like, man, this is really cool. When are we going to get to do this stuff? And he says, one of these days you'll do stuff greater than what I'm doing right now. You know what he was talking about? He's talking about preaching the gospel. Jesus in that moment, he had, he wasn't, had much yet. Jesus in that moment, he's healing people. And it's really great that he, you know, he raised Lazarus or he helped a woman with the issue of blood or, or he helped someone who was lame or someone who was blind. But you know what? Eventually those things probably came back to them. Those people died. Those people were in a tomb. Their bones are rotted today. But he told his disciples, he said, one of these days you're going to do something that's even greater than all of this. That's, yeah, that's super cool that healing happens. But what's really cool is when someone never has to worry about going to hell ever again. When someone has a relationship with God the Father and God desires that they have that. There's nothing more beautiful than that. The Holy Spirit is our power. The Holy Spirit is where we need to, we need to be praying. If you want to know how to pray for yourself today, say, God, Allow your Holy Spirit to, to fill me more. And I know that can be a scary prayer, right? Because there's weird things happen when you say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Holy Spirit, fill this vessel. Uh, well, now you may be preaching or doing something that you've never done before. Before this whole turkey trip, I, I wasn't, I never thought about going to Turkey, but I said, God, I, I, there was a prayer in my heart. Lord, I want to do something. I want to go somewhere. I, I want to impact people who don't know you at all. I want, I want to be a part of that. My, my, it was like my desire. I think God placed him, he placed it in my heart. Again, it's not even my desire. It's his desire. But, but I started praying that. And now here, we're going to Turkey in like a couple months, right? We get to go witness to people who literally don't know who Jesus is. 
we get to go preach the gospel in places that used to be a place where, you know, John the Revelator wrote to these churches in Ephesus and Smyrna and Pergamum and all these places like that. He wrote letters. We, we get to go to those places and preach the gospel again. And maybe preach, well, we're going to be preaching the same gospel, the same truth, but we're going to go to these places and say, hey, get back to your first love. If you don't know Jesus, you can. But I can't do it on my own. And you can't do it on your own. As a church, we can't do this on our own. We have to do it powered by the Holy Spirit. You know, in Romans 5, um, I'm going to cut it short here, I guess. I had a whole passage of Scripture to read. Everybody say amen, right? So we're going to cut it short. But uh, Romans 5, when we're reading through Romans 5, um, Paul's like been talking about the grace of God. He's, he's talking about, you know, how, how by faith we're justified. There's like, he goes pretty in detail, like about these people and how they live by faith. And then he gets to chapter five and he says, therefore, everybody say, therefore. He basically, he's saying, because of all this, now I'm going to say this, right? Don't you love those people who say, well, let, to make a long story short, that, sto- that story was never short, right? If somebody says, well, to make a long story short, they've been talking for 15 minutes already. Romans 5 says, therefore, since we have been justified by what? Faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you read through that passage, mark that. Go home and read uh, verse uh, through verse 11 there. Um, it talks about how you and I, we have peace. Do you have peace today? I, mean, I hope you do. I hope that there's a peace in your life that just over. I'm not saying like the day. Yeah, we're go, are we going to get stressed out? Absolutely. Are we going to have hard times? Yep. How many of you deal with anxiety? I mean, I, I get it. Like, I totally get that, you know, like more, than, more so than maybe some other people do. But the, the thing that I do understand today is that we can have that overwhelming peace. Like, we're, we're not worried about our future because we know God's got to take you care of. Because of the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. And, and we're not worried about like, how are we going to continue to do ministry here? What are we going to continue to do as we go into business meeting today uh, after the services? Man, I want you to understand that we are able to go through all of this because the Holy Spirit powers us. And if you and I come together and we focus on the Holy Spirit and say, God, man, we, we can't wait for this to happen. If, if you would empower us, if you would infill us, if you would use us, if you would be seen in us, he's going to make us a church that is absolutely approachable, absolutely genuine, but absolutely a church that gives glory to God. And again, if you, if you want a prayer for yourself, if you want a prayer for this church, if you want a prayer for your pastor, pray for more of the Holy Spirit. Pray for a closer walk. And the reason is because we can, we can have the Holy Spirit because Jesus went to the cross of Calvary and he reconciled us. Everybody say amen. He reconciled us, but here's the thing. You read later on in the epistles, he also gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, we're not supposed to keep this to ourselves. Jesus didn't say like, I'm going to tell you a secret. Now keep it, keep it amongst yourself. No, he said, go tell everybody. Matthew 28 says, let's go into the world and preach the gospel to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, making disciples. This church, if we can be defined as anything, may we be a people who are empowered by the Holy Spirit, who make disciples for the glory of God. That's what it's about. Today, if you're a believer, your prayer, again, pray that God would infill you more and more and more with the Holy Spirit, that you would just continually grow closer to him. But here's the thing. If there's someone in this place today who doesn't know Jesus, I want you to know today you can. And here's what I believe. I believe the Holy Spirit's already speaking to your heart. 
if you accept the Lord today as your Savior, you may not remember who preached, you may not remember what song these wonderful people are about to sing, but I guarantee you'll remember when God calls your, calls your name. You'll never forget that. The Holy Spirit is calling you today, whether you're in this place or you're listening later, what I want you to understand is that if we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouth because of the work of the Spirit, if we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. Here's, what, here's the thing. God is calling us to repentance and belief today. He's calling us to, to new life. If you don't know Jesus today, here's the thing. Today's your day. If you feel the Holy Spirit talking to you, that's awesome. Oh, I invite you to come forward. I invite you to grab me after services. I'd love to pray with you about that. If you're a believer who's struggling with sin, if you're a believer who's, who's needing to be more obedient, maybe you're a believer who's never been baptized, you've never joined the church, you've never done those types of things, today's the day to get that right, to be obedient to Christ. Today's the day. The Holy Spirit's speaking to your heart in those ways. Man, let's get it all right. So I don't know about you guys. I'm ready to rock and roll in year two, aren't you? I'm ready to see God do some great things. I know he is. Not because of me, not because of you, but because he's good. If I have a call for us in this coming year, my call is that we would get closer, not just to each other, but that we would get closer to God through his Holy Spirit for his glory. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for your word. You've spoken to us, God. This is, uh, this is what we need. And I know today, God, in this place, even as I preach, that it's your Holy Spirit that reaches lives. And Lord, these people here... I believe in this moment, they have this opportunity just to ask for more. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come into our lives in such a way, Lord, that people are changed. And it's not because of us, God, but it's because that is your, that's your desire. That's what you, that's what you desire, God, is that, that people hear the gospel, that people experience the gospel, that people see the gospel running through us. That's your desire, God. And I, and I pray that we don't just make it a, a cheap thing where we come to church and we go home. We come to church and we go home. But Lord, we become a people who consistently live by the power of the Holy Spirit. That, that we, we're approachable to people and they are saved because of your goodness that flows through us. That we're genuine. Lord, people can see that, yeah, we have passed. Yeah, we have, we have problems even now. But because of a good and gracious God, we have a hope for the future. Thank you, Lord, for sending your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would draw all men to you today. I love you. I ask that your word would go and do what it was intended to do today in this place. I pray it draws people to you, draws people in closer relationship to you. In your most holy name. Amen. Would you please stand?